Look at somebody and say, I am anointed. Tell them again, I am anointed. that you go through, the storms that you battle, the challenges, the setbacks are all to bring glory to God. So he can turn it around. What the enemy means for evil, God will turn for your good. Don't be discouraged. Don't be frustrated. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't give up. Don't play dead. Don't go backwards. In 1 Samuel, your Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. Thank God for your sacrifice. But to obey is better than your sacrifice. Don't sacrifice and then not obey his word. To obey God means that we are completely surrendering to his authority. And we base our decisions and our actions on his word. To obey God means that we align our will with his will. Not my will be done, but your will be be done, Lord. To obey. And the blessings of God come through our, dis, through our obedience, not our disobedience. Is that what it says? Obedience brings blessings. How many want to be blessed? The Bible also says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft so when you get that stubborn rebellious spirit on you it's just like the sin of witchcraft so we need to obey to obey is better than sacrifice and when you obey you get the blessings of God the favor of God the anointing of God all the promises of God are yours as you obey him when your will lines up with his will does that help anybody let me just tell you a few things that that obedience does the first one most of you will like the first one is obedience brings God's provision If you love being broke, raise your hand. If you love not being able to pay your bills, raise your hand. If you love having to go ask family and friends just enough to get just enough to put some gas in your car, raise your hand if that's you. I ain't seeing nobody raise their hand. 
If you like being blessed enough to bless somebody else, raise your hand. If you like having more than enough, raise your hand. If you like being a tither and a sower to receive the blessings of God, raise two hands and just, just wave them a little bit. Blessing, your blessing, your obedience brings the provision of God in your life. Let me say it again. Your obedience brings the provision of God in your life. It's in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and I like this amplified version. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent. Say that. Repent. Not repent, but Repent, because it's a compound word, and it means to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Rearrange thinking and forsake what is wrong. The word repent is a compound word made up of re and pent. The word re or the prefix re means again. Reapply. Regain. To do it again. The word pent, the base word pent, means to be on top. Hotels have penthouse suites that are on the top. He said, repent. Get on top again. Because when Adam fell, he fell low. Jesus came for us to get back on top. He said, repent. Get on top again. Get where you are supposed to be. Quit living low. Quit living on the bottom. Quit dragging bottom. But repent so you can go back to the top in your life again. In the top with your vision. In the top with your success. In the top of your purpose. In the top of your plans. In the top of your future. Repent. Get on top again. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So how does that bring provision? Well, just watch it. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide. We know that God is the one that provides seed for the sower. If you are a sower, he will put seed in your hand. If you are not a sower, that's why you're struggling to have seed in your hand because you won't give it when it's in your hand. He said he would provide seed for the person that is a sower. He will put something in your hand for those that will give. But so many people, they're always holding their hand like this. If you learn to keep your hands open so what he puts in can come in and flow out, keep your hands open. He will put seed in your hand. He said, now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing, that is your resources, and increase 
the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. He provides seed for the sower. You want to see increase in your life? You want to see increase in your hand? You want to see increase in your bank account? Make up your mind. Purpose in your mind that you are a sower. That you are a giver. You say, well, I don't have anything extra to give. Yeah, you do. Oh, they threw that one back at me. I said, Pastor, you don't know my checking account. I know you live in America. If you've got a job and you live in America, you are blessed, more blessed than about 90% of the rest of the world. You know what people in other countries think about us? They think we're all rich. Look at your neighbor and say, I am rich. Come on, look at them. Tell them. Make a declaration. Quit looking at your account and make the declaration. I am rich. I am blessed. I have abundance. I have overflow. Jesus lives in me. And he ain't broke. And he's not poor. His streets are paved with gold. I know some of y'all getting uncomfortable right now because I'm talking about finance. But I'm talking about how you can have the blessings of God and the abundance of God. It starts with your obedience. Obedience is the key. Now he who provides seed for the sower, that's God. Bread for food. He will provide and multiply your seed for sowing if you are a sower. If you're tight-fisted, greedy, stingy, wouldn't give anything to anybody, just keep your hand closed and you won't have any seed to sow. But if you decide, I'm a sower, I'm a giver, I'm going to let God use me. I want to be used by God. I want him to flow through me. I want him to bless some others. Get your hands open and watch him put seed in your hand. And when it comes in your hand, sow it, sow it, sow it. Give it, give it, give it. The most blessed times of our ministry have been the times we have given the most. It's been the times that we sowed the most. As a matter of fact, the very first year that Metro Tab started, 21 years ago this month, the first 12 months, we gave away over $100,000. And we only took in about 600000 that year. But we gave away. And we've continued to give and we've continued to bless. And God has continued to bless us because we are sowers. And we are givers. And you cannot outgive God. And when something leaves your hand, it never leaves your life. So you think when you give it away, it's gone forever. I wish I'd kept that. No, 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 no. When you sow it, it's attached to you. He said, cast your bread upon the water, and after many days you will find it. It will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give back to you, the Bible says. In Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given to you. You cannot outgive God. You can't. Try it. I told you last week about Alex Tanisaputra. Was a Muslim. He ran over a little girl. She was put in the hospital. He called on Allah. Nothing happened. Called on Muhammad. Nothing happened. 
called on Jesus, said, I've heard that you heal people. If you will heal this girl, I'll serve you. The next day she was better. In a couple of days she went home from the hospital. And true to his word, he turned away from Islam. He became a Christian. And he was a very wealthy man. He had houses in several countries, seven different houses. And he began to give his money away because all he knew, the Christians that he knew were all broke. In, in Indonesia, they were poor. So he said, well, I guess I'm supposed to be poor now that I'm a Christian. So he began to give away his money. And the more he gave it away, the faster it came back. He had an aha moment. He said, God, Jesus, he said, it's coming to me faster now that I'm trying to give it away than it was when I was trying to make it. It's this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply, 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 multiply your seed for sowing. Make up your mind. We need to be a sowing people. We need to be a sowing church. You need to be a sowing family. You need to be a sowing individual. You cannot outgive God. Now, we're real good to give to needs. People will give to needs when they won't pay their tithe. People will give to a need when they won't sow a seed. Because we want to help somebody. You want to help somebody? Sow your seed. And watch the multiplication harvest come into your hand. And then you can help people all the time. Not just every now and then. You start looking for people. To sow into you start looking for people to give to because when you sow your seed God will bring a multiplication harvest into your hand resources come to those who fund the kingdom do we have any kingdom funders here watch this Amos chapter 9 verse 13 says the days are coming somebody say that's now last days we're in the last days this is for now the days are coming declares the Lord when the reaper who is the reaper what does the reaper do he gathers the harvest after after it has been planted after it has grown when it's time to get it out of the field the reapers go out into the field and gather the harvest right he says the day is coming when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. What does the plowman do? He prepares the soil and then they come behind it and they put seed in the ground and then it grows up and there is a time, meantime, seed time and harvest. You have seed in the ground, then you have time and then you have the harvest. But this says the time is coming, the day is coming when the reaper, the one that's gathering the harvest, the one that's getting out of the ground, he's going to be overtaken by the people that are coming to prepare the ground for the new seed, for the new plant, for the new harvest. How could that be? I'll tell you. The days are coming, he says, when the harvest is going to be so great that the reapers will still be in the field gathering the harvest because there is so much because there is such abundance are you getting this we are moving into that time we are moving into that dispensation we are moving and transitioning now into that season where the harvest is coming to sowers 
If you're not a sower, don't worry, it won't affect you. But if you're a sower, the time is coming that you're going to have so much increase coming into your hands and through your hands because a portion of everything you receive is yours to keep. Unless the Lord says this is specifically to somebody else. Not long ago I was at the front door and somebody put a $100 bill in my hand as they were going out. And I said, well, thank you. The Lord bless you. And so I thought, well, praise God. And just a couple of minutes later, somebody came by and the Lord said, that $100 is for them. I said, okay. And I gave it to them. I was just the conduit. And if I had not obeyed, if I had not obeyed, then the next time somebody was supposed to give me a hundred, it wouldn't come to me. Because the Lord wouldn't be able to trust me as a sower. Because I thought, well, that's mine to keep. No, no, no. Keep your hands open. So somebody comes and just puts it in your hand. Keep your hands open. Don't start closing up on it. Keep your hand open. And then the next one that comes by, the Lord says, that's for them. It's easy to get rid of it. If you're holding it tight, he has to pry it out of your hand. That's not his plan. Are you getting this? Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops or all of your income. The first fruit, the tithe, the first fruit. There's a difference. I don't have time today to talk about the difference between the tithe and the first fruits. But let me just touch on it and say, if you get a new job, that first check that you get, you should pay first fruits on that. If you get a raise, that raise, you should pay first fruits on that first check that comes. If you get a bonus, that first bonus, you should pay first fruits on that first fruit. Are you getting this? I'm just touching it. I don't have time to teach it today. But there, the, the blessings of God come through your, through your obedience. The blessings, the increase. And then obedience brings not only provision into your hand, but it brings miracles. You want to see the miracle power of God? Be obedient to Him. Scripture, please. In 1 Kings chapter 17, receiving a miracle requires participating in the miracle process. We want the miracles of God without participating. We want to receive miracles in our life without doing anything. We just want God just to give us miracles and blessings and bring increase on us. There is a process, and we have to be a part of the process. 1 Kings 17 verse 9. Go at once, God said to Elijah. Go to Zarephath. In the region of Sidon and stay there. Somebody say, stay there. People of God are real bad about hearing God say to go somewhere and they go and then they won't stay. We are, what's a good word? We, we are, uh, yeah, some folks are unstable in all their ways. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways in the book of James. But some of us are Here's a good word. We're antsy. We just, we can't stay where we're supposed to stay. We can't stay in position. We, we're antsy. We got to move. We're impatient. We're ADD. We just can't stay. 
where we're supposed to stay, where he plants us. We think that the grass is greener on the other side. Well, it may be, but it'll be next to a septic tank. And so you might get into that mess and wonder why you're over there. It's not always better over there. He said, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Because, he said, I have directed a widow woman, a widow there, to supply you with food. God was giving him clear direction about provision, about a miracle that was going to happen. Because when God gave Elijah this instruction, there was a famine in the land. There was a drought in the land. There was not enough food to go around. It was a tough time, a tough season. And so he went. The Bible says, verse 10, he went to Zarephath. What did he do? He obeyed, right? He went. God told him to go, so he went. He went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there. Isn't it amazing that when God tells you to go and he tells you a widow's going to take care of you, when you get there, she's there? But she had to obey, or she wouldn't have been there. If she hadn't obeyed, he'd have found another widow. But she obeyed, and she was at the gate. She was there, the Bible says, gathering sticks. Why would she be gathering sticks? He called to her, and he asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? He had traveled a distance. He had left the brook Jareth, and he had come to Zarephath because God told him to go there. And says, Would you just make me a little drink? Get me something to drink. In verse 11, she was going to get it, and then he said, And bring me, please, a little piece of bread. One translation said, make me a little cake first. Do it first. Now, the next verse says in verse 12, she said to him, I'd like to do that, but I was just gathering these sticks so I could make a little fire and I could fix a little meal for my son and myself. Actually, our last meal, our last supper. And we were going to eat it and die. That was a gloom report, wasn't it? She was going to fix the last meal. She was going to eat it and die. And he said, well, that's fine. Verse 13, he said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. In other words, go home, take the sticks, fix the last meal, take what you've got, fix it. Go do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son now some of us would look at that and say oh what a what a mean preacher how could he do that she was going to eat her last meal she only had enough for one more meal somebody say one more meal how many know god is not the god of one more meal just one more meal God is the God of abundance. God is the God of too much. God is the God of overflow. God is the God of increase. God is not the God of lack. Lack is not of God. Poverty is not of God. He said, go ahead. Go make that last meal. Do just what you said. Make me a cake first. Put me first. And see, some folks have problems with that. But God was teaching. He was giving a principle there of doing it first. First fruits, putting God first. 
Because Elijah represented God. He was the prophet of God. And he said, go and do what you said, but make me a cake first. Then make something for yourself and your son. And some would say, well, he, he must not have heard her. He didn't understand that she only had a little bit left. Just a little jar with oil, a little bit of meal to make just a little bit of bread, one last meal for her and her son, and then they were going to eat it and die. That was all. There's not enough to make some for you, sir. There's not enough to make some more than for her son, her son and herself, and then eat it. But he said, go do what you said. And then he prophesies. Somebody say prophesy. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. When you do all of this, the jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. The meal won't run out. The jar won't run out. The oil will not run out. She went away and did as Elijah told her. She went away and obeyed. She obeyed the prophet of the Lord. He prophesied and she obeyed. She could have said, I can't do it. She could have said, I don't have faith to do it. She could have said, how could you ask that of me? That is so unfair. Don't you realize there's a drought and a famine in the land? Don't you understand, man of God? is what some of y'all say when I say you ought to tithe. It's what some of you say when we are receiving an offering for Honduras or for a church in Africa. You're saying, well, we need to keep it here. See how quiet it got? Y'all see how quiet it got? I killed it right then, didn't I? A few minutes ago, everybody was shouting. Everybody's rejoicing. The blessings of the Lord are here. The presence of the Lord is here. Give, tithe. This is what the, the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not run dry. It will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. You know what he just said? You know what he just prophesied? There will always be enough. 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 Don't worry. There will always be enough. That is the word of the Lord. He will take care of his tithers. He will put seed in the hand of his sowers. He will bring miracles. He will bring blessing. He will bring, bring increase. That was a miracle of God because there was only enough for one more meal. Now, I don't believe that when she went back, the jar was full with oil and the barrel was full of meal. I don't believe that. I believe there was just enough in the bottom for one more. And when she got that out and looked back, there was still enough in the jar and in the barrel for one more. And the next day when she went back, they had some for breakfast. She looked again. There was some for lunch. They looked again, and there was some for dinner. She went back the next day and said, there's only enough for one more. But she reached in. She got it. She made it. She prepared it. She worshiped the Lord. She obeyed the Lord. She gave to the prophet of God. Looked in again, and lo and behold, there was enough for lunch. She went back and lunch and did it one more time. She got to dinner, went back and looked one more time, and there was still enough for one more meal. God always shows up. He may not show up like you want him to. It may not be an 
an overflow abundance coming out the top like you wanted to but there will always be enough when you go back to the barrel when you go back to the oil the oil will flow the anointing will flow the increase will flow the provision will flow because God is a God of miracles God is a God of too much God is a God of abundance God is a faithful God So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. Somebody say miracle. Obedience brings miracles. What if she hadn't obeyed when he came to the gate? What if she hadn't obeyed? She would have missed out on provision until it rained. It hadn't rained. It was a, there was a drought in the land, but she obeyed and God provided. It gets better. You won't like this part. Your miracle will be tested. You remember what I said when we first started today? I said the challenges that you go through, the storms that you face, the valleys that you go through, the tough times that you encounter are to bring glory to God. So, you will have some tests. And these are not necessarily tests that you can study for. These are tests you have to live out. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house where the prophet was staying, he became ill. He grew worse and worse until he finally stopped breathing. Somebody say he died. That's the translation. He died because when you stop breathing, you die. You can go without food. For a few days sometimes you can go six or eight weeks without food you can go without water a few days but you can only go without air a few minutes he stopped breathing in verse 18 she said to Elijah what do you have against me isn't that how we always act we get a miracle from God things are going good and then a and then a test comes a storm comes a battle comes. A challenge comes. And we want to know, God, what do you have against me? Don't you love me? Don't you care about me? Where are you, God? What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come here to remind me to bring back again my memory of all of my sin? And did you come here to kill my son? Man of God, what do you have against me? Do you not like me? Why are you doing this to me? Somebody say it's a test to bring glory to God. To bring glory to God. You missed that part. To bring glory to God. So the prophet, the man of God, said, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms. Now watch this. Pastor Rita and Apostle Shirley have already got on my preaching right here just a little bit, but that's okay. He took, her, took him from her arms and he carried him. What is him right there? Who is him right there? The son. Let me translate it better for you. He carried death. To the upper room. 
where he was staying in position. Did you get that? He carried death to the upper room where he was staying and he laid him on his bed where the anointing slept, where the presence of God rested, where the anointing and the power resided, staying in place, staying in position. He said, give me your son, your only son, your beloved son. And he took that boy from her arms and he carried death because it was death. The boy was dead. He had stopped breathing. There was death on the scene. This was not a pretty picture. This was not, he was not asleep. He, he was not sick. He was not just ill. The boy had died. Are you getting the picture? And Elijah said, give him to me. And he carried death up the stairs to the upper room. To the place of God, the presence of God, the place where he stayed in position, where the anointing was and the power was. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. And he laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and he said, Oh, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow that I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Remember what I told you when we started. Everything that happens will bring glory to God. What the enemy means for evil, God will turn for your good. Then, verse 21, then he stretched himself out on the boy three times. And he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Why did he stretch out on him three times? Why wasn't one enough? Three is the number of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now God's one God. He could have just let him touch him one time and he come back to life. But the prophet stretched out on him. You wouldn't do that. He got in the position of prayer. He got on his face. Right on death. Right in the face of death. See, when you have death situations in your life, when you have things that are died, things that are dying, things that have died, you don't get on top of them. You run from them. You're afraid of death. You have fear of death. You're concerned about it. What would somebody say if they saw me on top of death? You need to get in the face of death. And you need to prophesy to death and say, you have no right here. You have no legal right here. You are a trespasser. You are trespassing in my life. I belong to God. And the anointing of God is in my life. The anointing is on my life. And I speak to you. And I command you, live, 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 live in Jesus' name. Because everything that's dead either needs to be buried or resurrected. You can bury it if you want to, but it wasn't time. But obedience was required. Verse 22, the Lord heard Elijah's cry. Do you think he doesn't hear you? If I could sing, I would sing, Jesus will hear me 
when I pray, if I will obey. Come on, somebody. And believe the Lord is promised. See, they know it. Jesus will hear me when I pray. The Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him. That simple. And he lived. He lived. And then Elijah picked up the child. No death. No funeral. No mourners. No pallbearers. He picked up the child. The child could have walked down. But he carried him upstairs. He wanted to bring him back and present him to her. And he carried him down from the upper room into the house. And he gave the boy to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He is not dead. This brings glory to God. Don't you know the story spread? Don't you know everybody found out about the little boy that was dead? He died, but he lived again. I need to tell you, whatever's died in your life, today is resurrection day. It's time to live again. Live again. Those dead dreams, those dead visions, some of the things in your past that you know God gave to you, God brought to you, it's time for them to live, 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 live. The anointing is alive in you. Obedience causes your miracles to stand up. The boy was able to stand up. And I need to tell you, your obedience brings salvation. Thank God for salvation. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some folks count slackness. But the Lord is long-suffering toward us. Somebody say, thank God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to everlasting life. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to repent. Jesus said, remember, he said, repent. Be on top again, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's not slack. He's made promises for you, for your family, for your seed, for all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, the blessings of God, the obedience of God's in, in God in your life brings generational blessings to you. I know that some of the blessings that Pastor Rita and I enjoy are not because of something we did. They're because of her parents and my parents and her grandparents and my grandparents and even our great-grandparents that have been faithful so we're the fourth generation that I can count, that I know of. And then our kids are blessed. That's the fifth generation. And then their kids are blessed. That's the sixth generation. I need to tell you that the blessings of God are generational. So when you're thinking about not obeying the Lord, when you have a thought, well, maybe I just won't do that, you need to think, no, 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 no. I need to be obedient to God because it's not only affecting me, it will affect my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids. The future depends on your obedience to God. Why would you not obey? Why would you not? Joel 2, 27 and 8. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Uh-huh. There's war going on right now. Guess who's going to win? 
Guess who's going to win? The Lord will not be defeated. And the Jewish people are God's chosen people. You better get on the right side. Those that bless Israel will be blessed. Those that curse Israel will be cursed. You better get on the right side. You want the blessings of God? Speak blessings to Israel. When you come in here every time, just reach your hand toward that blue and white Israeli flag and say, Father, bless Jerusalem. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I pray for the Jewish people. I pray for them to accept you as Messiah, but I pray for them as your chosen people in the mighty name of Jesus. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God. There is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And afterward, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And he said, on my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit in those last days. We're there. That's where we are. That's where we are. Iran is funding Hamas. Millions of dollars to attack Israel. But just like in 1948, just like in 1967, just like 2,000 years ago and 4,000 years ago, God's hand is upon Israel and he will bless his people. Your continued obedience is the promise that your best is yet to come. Are we living in chaotic times? Yes. Are there wars and rumors of wars on the planet? Yes. Are there earthquakes and pestilence and famines? Yes. Are many people being offended? Matthew 24. Are people being offended? Have you been offended lately? Get over it. Get over it. Many will be offended. Then he said, but don't worry. The end is not yet. Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're remnant people. He's raising up a remnant for these last days. Aren't you glad to be a part? 